guys welcome back to the physique factory podcast and today we've got mr universe ryan mackins with us ryan do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can get stuck into it yeah sure thing uh right so been training for 18 years now which is mad to think um i just turned 36 so yeah i've been training 18 years i have been competing for eight years i've done 17 shows um i started coaching as well so working for myself seven years ago um so i've been doing i've been i sort of caught the uh the online coaching thing just before it became more of a thing i sort of got in there early if that makes sense um and yeah and i've just recently become pca mr universe uh that was 2022 so actually i'm technically speaking i've been superseded by this year's one but like last year so yeah it's such a cool title that the way mr universe hey do you know what it, i always felt like a bit of a fraud um, because it's such a grand title and you're just a bloke, you know, like you're just some dude who like lifts weights and, you know, it's a bit more chicken than normal. I'm just looking at your pictures right now. You look great. You this got is the one well, you posted two days ago. I don't even know what it was. What did I post two days ago? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. bit, uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So no, that was, um, I was like two weeks away from my show. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So that was last year you won Mr. Universe, yeah? Yeah, uh, May 22. May 22. So I did. A, I lined up three shows in a row, and it was like the perfect run. I've been competing eight years, and I've never... There's always been something, right? So every show I did, it's like, yeah, I won, or yeah, I didn't... I was never really happy. But last year, I finally got a year that was like what I wanted. So I done Fit X Manchester, and I won my class, and then I won the overall. One week later, I done PCA Southwest. I won my class. I won the overall. And then two weeks after that, I went to PCA Universe and won my class. I didn't win the overall though, which is annoying. But still, I was like, for me, that was like just the perfect run. Um, I didn't find it physically taxing. It was just, just absolutely amazing. But the unfortunate thing about that is then it, I almost set myself up for failure because it felt like such a perfect run, and now everything else just feels inferior to that, you know. How long was that prep? Uh, last year. Um, I started uh, February the 1st, and it finished mid-May. Oh, sweet. It's not, so, it's not like a yeah. mega long one either, so you must have been like uh, in decent shape to start off with. Yeah, I, I never really get too out of shape, um, but that's not even intentional. I'm not I'm not trying to stay super lean. It's, uh, I mean... You try to stay slightly lean, right? You know, you don't want to be a complete slob, but it's not like I'm actively trying to be super lean. Um, I kind of lose my appetite quite quick. I think you and me have had this conversation before in the gym. Um, like, I don't have a fantastic appetite. I I get to a certain size, certain body weight, and my body starts fighting back, and I don't really want to eat too much. So I kind of have to force feed in, in the off-season, which is a pain in the ass. But then when it comes to prep, it means I'm lean really, really fast. You, That's you kind are, of just the way my genetics go, you know? Yeah, you are, like, tall, and you've got a lot of muscle on you, aren't you? So you kind of have a lot of food to, like, yes. what, What's your Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, the, the calories in the off-season go to about seven to 8,000, somewhere in that region. Um, it's grim. <laughs> it's grim. I don't like it. So, yeah. so what do you compete at, Ryan? What's your stage rate? Uh, oh, this year I competed at a show, but I wasn't. When I was Mr. Universe, I was 115 kilos, so 255 pounds. I don't even uh, want to tell you what weight I am right now, then. Go on, go on. <laughs> 70 kilos. Oh, shit. Is, <laughs> and what, what stage are you in at the moment? So I'm, I'm like prepping for a show in like seven weeks' time, um, but I'm fucking five foot five, so I've got no chance. He is natural. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, well, I'm natural, natural as well. <laughs> <laughs> did did natural. you ever compete naturally, no? Uh, no, 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 no. I was, so as I say, I started training when I was 17 and I yeah. didn't take the step into the dark side until I was 24. So there was a, there was a significant period of time, but the thing is my training experience is, is a funny one because 17, when I started to 26 was sort of wishy-washy training. I, tra I trained really, really hard, but I used to go out the weekends. So is this always this like kind of good? 
then fall off, then kind of good, then fall off, you know, and I never really got that much better. Um, so, but yeah, I stayed natural until I was 24. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Would you yeah. recommend to someone else that was maybe thinking about taking the not natural route, would you recommend them spend a period of time training naturally first? Oh, for sure. For sure. I, it's really hard to tell a young man who is, I don't know why, what's even the right word? A very exuberant young man who's like really eager to get going to try and tell them to calm down and just try and exhaust your, the avenues naturally first. It's really, really hard to do that. Um, I see a lot of people starting cycles before they're 20 years old and it's like, ugh, you know, I absolutely would recommend people to, to at least see what you're capable of natural, for sure. There's always too much of a rush, isn't there? Or, yeah, man. It, I don't know what it is. I think that's just partly society. I don't know. Do you think that would have been the same if it was like, because we live in this social media age, everything is now, now, now. So part of me thinks maybe it's a sign of the times or maybe it's just what young men are like. We're just, you know? I think it's like maybe the people that you're surrounded by and it's definitely social media as well. So I think it's a bit of both. But it depends what yeah. like situation you're in, doesn't it? If like say at Metcon when you're surrounded by like bodybuilders and then there's kids who are like again when Jack Eagle was like trained up there, he's only nineteen and like he's obviously yeah. taking here and stuff. He won't mind me saying that anyway. But it's like being surrounded by people like that and you've got kids looking at them thinking, right now I need to jump on it. But it depends like what do they want to make out of it? Yeah. And then yeah. as an example, like obviously I, I go to the gym that the people who run the BNBF like own. So it's like you're surrounded by the natural bodybuilding thing. So obviously for me, that route was never really, never really going to happen because you're more encouraged to, to, to kind of stay natural. And then there's like natural pros that train in my gym too. So you're seeing these natural pros and you're like, well, that is achievable. So, you know, why would I go down that route? But yeah, you're right. The environment makes a huge difference. But I thought something that was really interesting that you said, Ryan, is you've trained for 18 years. So 18 years of training to become Mr. Navi Universe. No one sees that though, do they? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really, really good point, actually. So I actually had a client, what, he was 17. And he was, in fact, I've got one now, but I'm, I use this guy's example. So he was 17, and he was talking about what cycle, and I was discouraging him. I was like, ultimately, you're your own man, but I can tell you right now, you've got time. So please just try and exhaust your options before doing that. Because there are some things that will happen within your body that are irreversible. So try and use your... Try and use a bit of initiative before you go that way. But anyway, he was so convinced. And he was he saw me win the title. And he was sort of talking about his competitive, like what where he was going to take it and everything. Now, this is before he's even undertaken a single diet. You know, he's been in the gym less than a year. And he was already talking about that, as you say, something that took me so long to achieve. He's already talking about it within his first year. And it's just like, I don't, and I don't think that it's not me slating the guy. It's not me slating him, but it's just, it's just a complete naivety. People do not realize quite what level it takes to get there. You know, I think it's just they just think, well, if I try really hard, in fact, that takes me to another point. So I keep like flicking around, but like in society, we're always told you can achieve anything you want if you put your mind to it. And I think people take that too literally because there are limitations, whether you like it or not, there are. And I think we're told that from a young age. If you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. And I I'm sorry, I just don't agree. There are some things that are. I'll never be as good as Ronnie Coleman. N none of us will, because there are limitations. I'll never be, for example, a jockey or a F1 driver. I'm too tall. Like there are there are limitations. And I'll never I be think... a basketball player. But there you go. But society tells you if you put your mind to it, you can be in the NBA. And it's like, so there are some guys, unfortunately, whether this is going to, again controversial, but it's just not written in the stars. It's just not. Sometimes you need to accept that it's not, and that's okay. Just be the best version of yourself, but. Probably there is a ceiling uh, more shallow than you realize. That sort of like leads on to another point that we were saying about it's always these average guys who take it well too far when they're bodybuilding. They're too serious. They don't have any downtime. They've got no life. It's just 100% bodybuilding. And it's, that's just not the way to go about it. But you can see some of these like top guys, they're having like decent off seasons. They can chill out. Even to like Nathan DeAsher at some point where he got pissed before he won his pro cast. <laughs> so he's. <laughs> But you just look at like these kids have got next to no muscle on them and then they're just like 100% dialed in and they're getting nowhere. And it's just like, fucking hell, mate, just have a life. Yeah. I think, um, you know, they'll put a post up on their story or something and they'll be in a social environment and they'll have a Tupperware and they'll put a photo up saying, you know, like, we don't miss or 
no days off or you, you know you know the kind of post i'm on about and they're, they're trying to portray that they're super hardcore they're super on it and i don't know about you but i just look at that post you know if it comes from someone who has i'm gonna be a dick here but i'm just gonna be honest like you know that they're not gonna go far in the sport but they're telling you how hardcore they are i just i pity it a little bit i think to myself you've, you've probably chosen the wrong endeavor you know like live a little allow yourself to relax in fact you might even progress more if you did yeah. You know, so yeah. I think Nick's like totally going against it at the moment. That's Nick Brumad. Um, is having about like three cheap meals a week and is bragging about it, saying, I'm getting on stage in about five weeks. And it's like, I is fair, he's coming in, he's getting really lean, but he's trying to half ass his prep as much as he can just so he can get on stage and just say he's done that. If you know. Right. So, so he, he literally just wants to see out the prep by, by being super relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. That's his goal. Yeah. How, how do you how do you think that's going to go? I mean, I know he's looking pretty peeled at the moment, like for especially for his lower. Yeah, he's always leading even the off season for his lower. Um, his glutes are starting to get lines in him already, so he's about like five weeks out with that. So it's it's just around his like midsection and lower back a bit. But Nick's always lean. It's, he finds it very very easy to get lean. So for someone like that, I reckon he could potentially get away with it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's, I think. Um, I think I'll be honest. I, I I am a firm believer that the type of food that you're eating is like uh, it makes a big difference to body composition. I think you'll get to a certain level, but for you to get like stage like crispy, crispy, I think there needs to be better food choices personally. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if things like <laughs> cause inflammation and shit like that, and how well you digest foods, definitely. So yeah, bodybuilding is kind of trial and error to some degree, isn't it? That's it. I know it just depends what foods work for you, doesn't it? But what is he doing the rest of the time? Like you're saying he's having free cheat meals, but what what's the rest of the week like? He's nailing it. He's nailing his foods. Like everything else is pretty much nailed. It's not like random, like my my fitness pal shit. It's all like set meals and then he's just going out to like Nando's or having a burger or eating five chocolate bars. <laughs> <laughs> so Mate, what, what about your what, what about your guys' take? Like when you've prepped, have you guys ever done like a like a flexible diet or anything like that, or has it been strict? It's pretty strict. I like to do set meals just because I just know what I'm doing. It's easy to mani manipulate things. You know, if something's not quite working, then I'd rather think, right, then we can change something here rather than just being everything all over the show. I'm kind of yeah. the same. Like, I, I do like a structure of a, of a meal plan and, like, knowing what I'm going to eat, and it just makes life easier. Like, you'll know yourself, Ryan, when you're coaching, like, your day gets filled up pretty quick. So if I've got a food prep sitting in the fridge, I know what I'm eating. I don't even need to fucking think about it. Like right now, if I could take all my food in pill form, I probably would. But I just came back from London another week um, on RTS at the weekend, and I had to track macros that weekend. And honestly, no difference. Just looked the same after that. So yeah, yeah so I find that a lot of people who are doing it, if it fits your macro style, end up just picking the same types of foods anyway. Yeah, potentially. You know, like there's like bodybuilder staples, right? And they tend to just gravitate towards them anyway. The only thing is if you're constantly changing it, I think like there's so much margin for error. So I see this with clients a lot. I'll look through the food diaries and that, and I'm like, well, that's been tracked wrong. That's been tracked wrong. The macros aren't right for that sort of thing. So yeah, I think like, I think for bodybuilding, meal plans always going to be more beneficial for sure. Yeah. It's like, it, go on, go on. Sorry, mate. Go on. It's like a uh, JP back in the day, or even just like, not even old school bodybuilders where they just if you were uh, you got coached by them, do your food plan. It should the foods on there. There's like there's no like calories or macros or anything like that. It's like this amount of like chicken, this amount of rice, this amount of whatever, and they don't really give you that your calorie breakdown or anything. So it's just that that I reckon for bodybuilding, it's probably like there's less prep. Error, like you said for yeah for prep, sorry, is there's less margin for error. Hey, do you know what? That's what I do. I do. I don't. I don't put calories on, and it's and it. I, on I don't know if I said it to you the other day, mate. But, um, yeah. It's on purpose. I don't. When people know the number, they start to fixate on the number, and they might compare to their friend. Why is my friend eating more? Why is he eating less? Why, like you know? And in my opinion, you know, controversially or not, I just don't think that the number really matters. It, it's an arbitrary number. It doesn't matter if you can grow on three thousand or four thousand or whatever. Are you growing? Yes. Okay. Cool. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like for me, it doesn't. The, the number is kind of arbitrary. It doesn't really matter. That's it. If you're not losing weight, or if you're not losing body fat, sure. take the rice out or the oats out, or absolutely. if you want to gain weight, add more in. It's absolutely, absolutely. yeah, yeah. I, I almost like yeah. That's simple. For me, it's a simplification of it. You eat this, 
and then you feed back to me what you look like. Okay, cool. We need to go down. And that's it. Like, there's no numbers exchanged. It's just based on my eye, and I've been doing it a long time, your your honesty, hopefully, um, which is <laughs> it's debatable whether that happens or not. But, yes, yeah, so the honesty and the feedback, and then I'll, I'll, I'll say what's what. Well, you said about the honesty thing when uh, you put it on your story the other day. It's like, how accurate have you been? <laughs> <laughs> you just know, don't you? You know, like, they're so casual. They go, yeah, yeah, smashed it. And you're like, no, no, you fucking did it. No, you fucking did it. You just know, like, you've been around enough bullshit in your life. You just know. You, know? you just have to call them out eventually, don't you? Like, the longer I do this, the more I get a bit like, well, you're lying. You, you just know you just know and you know like um i don't know how you both do it well like the check-in form or like the details that they have to fill in when everything's very very rushed you can tell it's rushed or you had to chase them and when you did chase them it came back really half-hearted and then food accuracy they go yep and you're like based on this interaction i know that that's bullshit i just know that's bullshit you know Something I've actually looked to introduce, um, or I've introduced it this week, is like rather than just doing a form, I'm like, you can actually just send me a voice note on WhatsApp and give me a summary of the week. And my idea is like, I'll maybe hear a bit more emotion, like try and figure out if they're like telling the truth. And then rather than having this kind of like questionnaire sort of style, it's like they can go off on whatever tangent they want to. So that'll be quite interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, that, but that's what I do. That's actually what I do. So they, they'll, they'll fill out the form and then I'll, I'll delve into it. So I'll get, I'll just scan over it. Most of it is like, okay, that's pretty good, pretty good. But I'll just pick up on a few key details of voice note and say, do you mind elaborating a little bit on that? So you said that you were almost accurate. What do you mean by that? Yeah. How, how how not accurate? You know, and your training was progressive. Can you elaborate exactly what you mean? How progressive? Was it all lifts? Was it some lifts? Was it just one lift? Was it what? So I get them and then and they, they always open up. And off of the back of that, you know, this is why I don't really back fancy apps. I know I know apps work and it sells to people, but I think that, the interaction is the key, you know, like it's all well and good typing something out, but like when you've got that proper interaction, exchanging videos, exchanging voice notes, I think that's worth its weight in gold. That's proper coaching at the end of the day. That's what people pay for rather than just say, oh yeah, there's a the changes. There you go. And don't speak to me again for the next week. I mean, that's yeah. proper coaching, the interaction. That's what people are actually paying for. And that's, yeah. it makes you feel like you're doing your job as well when you're actually coaching yeah. someone doing that. So 100%. honestly, I'd, I'd say if your coach has an app, it's a red flag. Sounds generic as fuck to me. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. My old coach, um, very respected, was Martin Winston. He's really respected in the UK. He's got a lot of guys, you know, he's whatever. Anyway, he was like, mate, I've got an app, but he goes, he considered me one of his priority guys because he knew that there was like the potential for me to take an IPB card this year. He was like, just WhatsApp me. Don't worry about the app. Like basically the app was there to sort of almost tick a box for his, his like lifestyle clients and people that just sort of tick over. But with me and him, all interaction was done via WhatsApp. And it's, oh, my God, it's so much better. So much more instantaneous, you yeah. know? For it's, me, it's, it's, um, it's, it's the only way, personally. It's an ongoing dialect then as well, rather than like, because part of the problem, like I've just done my check-ins before this, and like part of the problem with like loom feedback things, I'm like, well, I'm asking questions. Like, hopefully they'll get back to me on that. <laughs> so like you kind of need to then chase it up sometimes if they just watch it and don't get back to you. And that's, you know, what I say to every client that signs up for online coaching is like, you need to communicate with me. You can't just, you know, go off and fuck up and then tell me like a week later at the check-in. We need to be communicating in between. And part of that's on me too. And I do, I, I chase up clients in between, especially the ones that you know are to watch. Um, and I'll double text them if I need to. And we were talking about this in the last podcast too, like, um, you know, him was on the last podcast and he was like, you know, I'll, I'll just call them randomly is what he said. So that's yeah, yeah. an interesting one to do as well, actually. Uh, me and James just go around the door, just with balaclavas on. Can't make the same joke in two podcasts in a row, can I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. Keep it going, mate. Do it again next week as well. Um, so, yeah, on that note, then, do you, you, you find yourself chasing certain people up? You will do that. Sometimes, yeah, well, like, uh, or even just, like, when I ask questions on, like, a Loom feedback video, it's like, they don't get back to me, and I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Uh, I had this conversation with Nick Brumet, actually, yeah, and he said that he, he won't bother chasing too much. Like, if you don't want to do it, then that's on you. Ah, oh, do you know what it, I don't know what it is. I, I think, <laughs> I think I'm a little bit confrontational, okay? So, if someone doesn't get back to me, I'll happily, like, ring them, and, like, I think I kind of get, <laughs> I think I kind of get off on a bit of, like, I kind of want a bit of an, uh, a bit of an altercation. I think I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit, a bit of a weird like trait of mine. But I like calling them and being like, 
So what's going on then? What are you just going to air me? Like, yeah. like you know, maybe maybe I'm coming across like a bit aggressive right now, but like I think I quite like it. I quite like putting people on the spot if they've that's just ignored me or something. If you're helping them get the result and what they paid for, then 100% of that's one of the things, definitely. And like, I've, I've messaged someone three times this week and they still not got back to me. I was like, come oh. on. Like, how's it going, mate? It was like, you've not heard from, we've not replied to my check-in like last Friday and then nothing to that. And um, it was like, how's the training going? You're getting those videos from me that I've set, nothing to that. And then, fuck knows. Oh, you're, you're, you're only going to ever get out what you put in with essentially and like again go back to fucking Ryan Mackins Mr. Universe 18 years of fucking training it's like if you can't give me fucking six good months then you're not going to get anywhere it's, it's those people who go away and say oh yeah you weren't that good of a coach and I was like you didn't fucking do anything though you need to fucking stick to what I'm saying and just listen to what I'm saying and just I don't know what you're on about James no one ever says that about me like <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, like that's but, it, but, like... but it's the ones that you, the ones that you have to try hardest with are the ones that aren't. When someone really wants it, it's, it's kind of easy. It just happens like yeah. organically. It just happens, doesn't it? But those those arseholes that you got to chase, they they take up your brain capacity. They take up your brain space, and they're not going to do it if they don't want to do it. You can't force them, right? But me being me, and I, maybe by you guys as well, like, I will chase. I'll, I'll I'll happily do it a couple of times. But there, obviously, there's there's a limit to that. I mean, I'm not going to spend all my day doing it. But yeah, I don't know. No, it's a good way to be, though. Just making sure that you're trying to get your, your point across to them. And um, yeah, 100%. I think it, it just shows that you care about the result. You care about being a good coach. You care about your reputation. I certainly know that's how I feel about it. You know? Yeah, but it's, it's maybe... Is, is people's expectations as well and need to kind of get that in from the start. It's like everyone wants a quick fix. And like, I don't blame anyone. Like I'd want a quick fix too, but it's just not the way it goes. Like quick fixes never last, do they? Like you can do things that are extreme and get results really, really quick. But you know, how long, how long does that last? What is the kind of lifespan of that? You need to dedicate yourself to like, if, if you've got a lot to lose as well, like say you've got a lot of body fat to lose, you need to dedicate yourself to, you know, setting those foundations, building some solid structure, dropping the body fat, learning how to maintain that, and then maybe even looking at, like, learning how to gain muscle if that's something you need to do too. But, like, that's not going to be a 12-week thing. It's going to be way longer. Yeah. For some people, you're looking at six months, 10 months, a year, maybe even longer. I find it so crazy that the the audacity that some people, they'll, they'll not diet for five to 10 years. They'll start a program with you and want a result in five weeks six weeks you know, like, how 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 arrogant of you to think that you can undo all of that in that time it's so crazy to me it's like when someone signs up to do like a prep with you and then they just sign up to do that and that say it's their very first ever prep so they do that and then they like straight afterwards they, they finish coaching with you and then you see them a couple of months later and the size of a fucking house to put on that much fat and you just don't understand they think they just sign up for that prep there's more to it than that there's the stage after it and then going into that off season and just having that structure and that accountability. So you can't just like drop your coach after you finish dieting or else you're just going to look like twice as worse as when you Yeah, you'll end up back where you started because that like that body fat set point thing, that's a real thing. Like you you guys know when you start a prep, you start at a certain point and within like three weeks after the show, you could be yeah. back at that starting point quite easily because that's essentially your set point. But for like our normal kind of clients that are just looking to, you know, drop to a healthy level of body fat, well, you know, they'll go back. Their set point will be wherever they start. But unless they spend time at this new body weight or this new body fat percentage, they're going to always go back to that, aren't they? Regardless of how well they say they'll keep going to the gym and they'll keep up the diet, they all end up going back. If they've not spent time maintaining or consolidating what they've what they've already done, end up back at square one, end up coming yeah, back you're, to you. are bang on, mate. You have to solidify that. The phase that you're in, you have to solidify. Even like with new muscle, you know, once you, let's say you're 90 kilos, uh, stage condition, then you shoot up to 100, but you do that in, let's say you put a kilo on a week and you go up to 100. You haven't just then just acquired all that new muscle. You've almost got a... My cat, sorry. <laughs> Say hello, mate. <laughs> That's the first cat we've had in the podcast. Well, his name's Arnie, of course. Oh, Mint. <laughs> um, I wonder where my cat is now. <laughs> um, yeah, you almost you need you need time to solidify. Now, how long that takes is up for debate, you know. But you you you, you know just getting to 100, then coming straight back down again. You, you haven't solidified that weight. 
as you say, you'll then just revert back to the set point fairly fast. You need to spend time, like I think you used the word consolidate. You need to you need to really like settle into that weight and get your body adjusted to that weight, yeah, which absolutely. is supposed to be what I'm willing to do. And it depends what the, the what the goal is, because like you, like I will get some clients who want to get in like great shape. You want they want to get lean, and then they're happy with that. They don't care about building any more muscle. So for them, it's like right, consolidate this, find the easiest way to maintain what you're currently doing, what's the most achievable, and then that's I suppose that's kind of you there. But then most people get that kind of hunger where they get to the stage we're at, where you're always chasing the carrot. It's like yeah, you you always want to be better. You always want to come back better next time so like you end up in that never-ending cycle but that's it's not a bad place to be like constantly cutting then gaining cutting gaining it's not a bad place to be yeah you've got a goal you're aiming for something each time you're doing it there's a reason why you're doing it so yeah definitely they're the best type of clients to have where they've yeah. got future goal in mind and it's that long-term thing but yeah. i suppose it's up to us too to instill that long-term mindset in people that have come from that different background of you know slimming worlds and like you know quick fix diets from fucking influencers online it's up to us to to say well that's not the right way you've tried that that's not worked try my way definitely i feel like uh, a lot of time people don't as, as you just said james like a lot of times people don't have a goal and they'll be sort of plodding along they almost want you to give them a goal what what do you think my goal should be? And it's like, well, it doesn't really work that way. You know, it needs to be intrinsic. It needs to be something that you've thought of yourself and means something to you. Otherwise, it's just something that you're going to drop. Every every time some sort of hardship comes up, you're just going to drop it. That why has got to be strong enough, hasn't it? Every time I have a consultation, I was like, right, what what's the reason for you wanting this goal? I was like, why do you want to do it? I was like, oh, just because I think like, everyone's doing it. I was like, right, you clearly don't want it enough. If it's going to get hard, it's just going to fucking go to shit. So they've got there's got to be a reason for it. Do they enjoy it? Do they like the process of it? Do they just want to? Do they really want to get a result so bad for some emotional reason? I think as well as just discipline as well. Like people just aren't that disciplined. Um, and the only way to be more disciplined is by being more disciplined. Just doing the shit you maybe don't want to do. Because when clients first start, it's always like that. Like they're really highly motivated. They'll do whatever you ask, and then you get that low. And everyone gets that low. Every client gets that low. But it's like are you able to keep going when you don't feel like continuing to go? You know, are you still turning up? And if you can do that, that teaches a whole other level of discipline. Like I, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, like, you know, self-employed and running a business if I hadn't went through a bodybuilding prep because that taught me discipline. And um, yeah, just a lot of people don't have that discipline. No, transferable skills, you're right. And I think that like, if, <clears throat> that's one of the most powerful messages, I think. Just forget bodybuilding, like in general. Even when you don't want to do it, you do it. You do the necessary, even when. So it's not when it's easy, because when it's easy, and you ask someone how's it going, they're like, "Oh yeah, smashing it. Oh yeah, you know X Y Z." When it's hard, that's what counts. How do you react under stressful circumstances when you're hungry, you haven't slept well, you are you, for whatever reason you've been out of the house. So food prep's been difficult as well. Um, you've had an argument with a loved one. You've you know whatever. When all of these things happen to you, how do you react? Because that's what defines you as a person. It defines your your progress as well. Absolutely, I've got a guy right now. Um, he's he's quit his job, so he's got to work his notice or whatever. But his his worker being absolute assholes, and they're like, right, mate, you're you're getting sent up to Aberdeen to work for for the next four weeks. So he's got to travel up to Aberdeen from here every day, which is two and a half hours each way. And then obviously he's not getting home till late at night. But like the conversation I just had with him today is like, look, it may not be ideal. But if you're still able to get your food in, because the, the, the meal plan is pretty easily done. It's like all stuff that's like you can pick up along the way and it doesn't take a lot of prep. So if you can still stick to your food, and even if you get one or two sessions in a week, that's still better than nothing. That's still putting pennies in the jar. That's still getting you closer to where you want to be. And like his attitude is just superb. Whereas like a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm fucked up. I've got to drive five hours a day. I can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. I give up. People have this like all or nothing mentality. So it's like they're either completely doing it, completely engulfed in it, extreme, or they're not at all. But as you just said there, sometimes situations are not, to use a, a very uh, popular word at the moment, optimal. Even if it's not optimal at the moment, you can still do something. And again, you use the expression that I use for quite a lot. Um, you said pennies in the jar. For me, oh, yeah, it's like you make a small deposit into your bank account, your, your, your metaphorical bank account. Every single day, just make a deposit, make something. Just put a deposit in there. And then over time, it's built. Whereas, yeah, I think some people see almost they almost self sabotage if they if they have an off plan or miss a day or do something, then they think, ah, oh, 
I'll start next week. And it's like, well, you're just, you're missing out on all that potential growth in between, you know? Just ticking off now. What would you guys say? What would you guys say is the biggest obstacle you have to face with, like, when you're trying to get a client results, what's the biggest obstacle or obstacle that you face? If you had to pick one. I say it's their beliefs, what they like sign up with. So their belief system, like what they um what they think about things. Cause you got to, obviously a lot of those beliefs are gonna be wrong or they're corrupt or they've somehow been influenced by social media or someone in the life in a negative way. So you need to gradually move away from that. It'd be great if we could go from right, it's full of shit that we need to do this because this is the optimal way. But you can't just do that straight away because they just won't do it and they've not bought into you yet. So you need to gradually ease over to that optimal sort of thing that, that you want to get them to that's going to help them get to their goal and gradually move away from all their shitty beliefs you know what are negative don't call them shitty beliefs so that doesn't empower them yeah no <laughs> you, say that, but, you know well <laughs> depends who they are but <laughs> yeah yeah some clients might respond well to that to be fair for me it's um it is that long-term mindset it's like people come in and expect a result in three months and it's like depending on your your starting point it's just not the case and no matter how much sometimes no matter how much you try and instill that in them they're still a bit like disappointed that they're not where they want to be in you know six months or whatever and like you know as as you said earlier ryan it's like you spent years in a calorie surplus so why would six months in a calorie deficit which you've not been consistent with why would that change anything or yeah. why would it change it that much if you know what i mean so yeah it's, it's getting people to see it as a project see it as a, a long-term change rather than just a quick fix, um, which, you know, I, I talk about this all the time, about the fact that this isn't just a quick fix, but people still come to me and expect a quick fix. It's like, fuck knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think part of the reason what you just said, I think one of the reasons is that we're we're overexposed to Instagram. And what like, it like a lot of these guys, they'll go on their own Instagram. And their Instagram is populated by guys who are in insanely good shape. And they'll see that and think, well, I want that. And they they don't understand what it took to get there. So it's just this un, it's just this perpetuated unreal expectation. They just don't really understand quite quite the, the gravity of what it took. Um but what what I would say is the biggest one is actually in the, in the like... Sorry, I'm you. No, no, go, go on, go on, go on. Like in like in, amongst coaching and coaches, right? We see all these business mentors as well. It's like ten k months. Get your ten k months. It's like there's coaches that have been doing this for a year and they're like, why have I not got a ten k month yet? And that's it's a very same thing, isn't it? It's like just because people talk about this all the time, it, it doesn't mean like again. What imagine having the audacity to think after a year in business you should be making ten grand a month? It's just it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, people aren't really in touch with reality. Um, what I was going to say was um, my, the, the biggest obstacle that I come across, it kind of mirrors what you said, James, but it was like a specific thing. Uh, basically, people... So I deal with predominantly men. I have 95% male clients, and I have done since I started, so it's predominantly males. And the typical male will want to be bigger. Almost unanimously, it's, I want to be bigger, right? And it's... It's digging in. Their belief is they just need to eat loads and train and they'll be jacked. But very often they come to you in, let's say, 15 to 20% body fat, maybe more, and uh, trying to explain to them that they need to eat less. Like, basically, their belief system is they just need to pummel the food, eat big to get big, you know, that kind of mentality. So I would say, honestly, I've probably had the same conversation maybe a thousand times over the years. You need to eat less to look better. And it's getting that through to to guys who want to be jacked is really hard, really hard. Puts you in a better place for gaining though as well. If, if you're leaner, oh, yeah. like we've all done those bulks where it's like <laughs> an actual bulk and you just get silly fat. And like I, I remember after um, I competed in 2016, and after the British finals that year, I started eating 5,000 calories a day every day, straight from like whatever I was on before, <laughs> 2,000 or something. And I was like, right, I'm going to get my strength back quick and everything. I'm going to feel great. And I just got fat. I didn't get any stronger and I didn't build any muscle and I just ended up in a really shitty place. But you're right. That's exactly what people expect. But try telling them it's like, okay, try and diet first before, before you actually yeah. gain. It's like, what the fuck? Go is down and then up. Yeah. It's so terrible again, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's so, such yeah. one that, especially with the males, um, it's always the skinny fat guys, isn't it? Where they've, they're holding a lot of, they've got like 
tiny arms, limbs, yeah, yeah. holding a lot of fat around like the midsection. Yeah. Right, we need to definitely lose that first. And I was like, but I really, really want to build my arms and my legs. And he's a big, big chest. And but it's like, yeah, but it doesn't work like that. You're not in a prime position to gain muscle when you're holding too much body fat. Like, I keep adding more body fat on top of body fat and think you're going to gain muscle. Yeah, but you, but you know, when at the beginning, you know, maybe the first one, two, three months where they haven't fully invested in you. So they have invested in you financially, but they don't fully trust you yet. They only trust you when they've got a proper result. Um, so when they start losing weight, they look at the scales and they think, well, my, I, want, I want to get bigger arms. So why are you telling me to eat less and the scales are going down? Why, why are you doing this? Trying to get a, a person to, to rethink that is quite difficult, I would say. Sometimes, I'll be honest, it doesn't always work. You don't get through to everyone. They, you, you, you might get those drop-offs because they don't understand that they need to go down first. It's, it's a really it's a really big misconception among young males, I would say. Yeah, definitely. When, when someone's not bought into you, it's it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. people should be by the time they get to you as well, but like, I suppose there's always going to be that element of people that do take like i don't know they just jump like follow you on instagram and then inquire the next day sort of thing and that, sometimes for me that's a bit of a red flag it's like unless they've heard you from other people it's like well do you know anything about me do you know anything about the way i coach and that and it's like how much as you say how much do they buy into you at, at that point in it matters really you just said that there sometimes people will message you <clears throat> they'll add you they'll message you and then they'll sign up they'll literally pay the money within or within like 10 minutes they 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 didn't even know you existed, and then they paid you like, and you're like, wow, like that is. But then some people are incredibly cautious. I just find yeah. it so mad, like the extremes of people. You know, yeah. as you say, if they have I've no had idea. Some about clients it. do that. I've had some clients do that. Turn out to be great clients, but then you oh, do yeah. get a lot of clients that do that, and they turn out to be real shit clients. And you're like, well, that makes sense. You knew nothing about me. You're not bought into me. But um, yeah, there is that two ends of the extreme. Some people follow you for years before they buy into you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is what I was saying to my um my girlfriend as well. Like she's coaching and uh, posing. She does posing coaching and she does a bit of coaching as well for some women. And she's you know how do how do I say this? So she is shocked at how long sometimes the process takes. You're basically building up your own portfolio, but it takes years. So someone might have heard of you, Connor. Let's say they heard of you in 2019, and they just oh, okay, that's cool. Well, he looks good, but then that's it. And then another time in 2020, they see a transformation you put up. Okay, cool. Oh, it's that guy. I remember seeing him last year. Okay, cool. And it builds up and it builds up. Before you know it, they've heard of you 10 times subconsciously. And then they're like, fuck it. I'll go, I'll invest in that guy. And you, but, but that takes time. And I think a lot of coaches are just expecting to put uh, trained by and then their name. And then as soon as they've done that, in floods the fucking, you know, thousands of people. But it's not really how it works. You need to build up a a framework before that trust yeah. isn't it? like you said like the people that you know who are just on your instagram and they're there they see you all the time and then know what you're all about and then they just buy into your services most of them most of my clients come through referrals it's something i i done this like kind of thing where like i put all my clients on a list and it's like right where did they come from and i was like really pleasantly surprised to see how many of them came from referrals i was, I was quite pleased with that and then again they end up being better clients that have got the right mindset that, that know what you're all about um but yeah that's 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 the best way to build that up isn't it is that word of mouth still isn't it yeah it's, it's really it's really nice to have that in it yeah you, you know you, you're doing something right if you're getting all these referrals it must be that you're doing a good job for the, the existing clients so it's really good yeah, absolutely. Um, but I suppose even with those referrals, like you're saying, they maybe heard you 2020 and 2019, blah, 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 and then they, they keep seeing things. Sometimes with a referral, like someone will refer, refer them to you and then they're still not convinced. But the more, I suppose the more you pop up, the more you're just building that relationship and yeah, yeah sending the right signals. It's it's eventually going to it's eventually gonna hit home and eventually it's going to be the right time for them as well. And that's the other thing. It's got to be the right time for the client. You can't force this, it. This is a real sales technique, actually, because I used to work in recruitment before coaching. And I used to fucking hate it, by the way. Um, but the, the goal was to always be in... So if you're a company and you're looking to hire, you want to... And, and you're thinking, who, what recruiter could I use? You want to use the recruiter that's at the top of your mind. And the only way to be at that person's top of their mind is by constantly, you know, constantly being email, call, email, call, email, call. So then by the time they actually come, oh, okay, we need a new quantity surveyor, whatever. Oh, that Ryan guy keeps calling me. Okay, I'll give him a call now. So basically that was the job. The job was to always make sure that you were on 
people's minds. That was what Probably, they told yeah. me to do. Just constantly blanket the market with your name. So then when it does come the time, they know to call. And oh. I guess in a roundabout way, yeah, it's the same. You know, people see your transformations. They see your workouts. They see whatever. And yeah. Something I was quite keen to go back to, Ryan, it's a slightly different subject, is um, we're talking about meal plans and how we think they're great for prep. How does that transition into off-season for you? What would you do in off-season? For for clients, you mean, not for myself? For yourself, yeah, for yourself. Oh, for me? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, st- I still follow a, a diet plan. I still follow a diet plan and allow myself maybe like uh, two off-plans a week. Um, and the off-plans is not so much through food cravings because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not a huge eater. It's more about um normality normality with my girlfriend or maybe with a friend so wednesday saturday i'll have an off plan i'll just exchange the final meal for something else um but then also i will allow for flexibility so if on a random tuesday afternoon my mate's like do you want to go to grab something i'm like yeah cool so i i never restrict myself for those situations as well but i will be be honest being honest with you i will still stick with a the diet plan to be honest it's that yeah. way still Definitely. And still have those off-plan meals and it's the social side of things. Yeah. So that's the only thing like when, when prep starts getting hard, when you, you've got all these social occasions that you might need to put off because there's no way of getting out like the food and the meals, even though you do like how hard you want to try to go to them. And it is awkward when you're sat there with eating like your chicken and rice or whatever it is. And even like nights out because you can't quite, but you, well you can, but you've got to do them in a different way than what you would normally do them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're read between the lines. <laughs> so, take the things that don't have calories in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Took well, me a minute what, to actually realise what you meant there. Yeah, I tried <laughs> putting that across in the most like yeah subtle way possible. Oh yeah. man, I was with you. I was with you. I was with you. Um, I feel like uh, there's been times where I've been on prep and there's been like weddings or parties, whatever, and I have eaten what's there, but I've purposely under-eaten. So I'd rather go to an event like that, have something that was more decadent, shall we say, but I ate less of it. Um, so then my total net calories is still less anyway, and I still end up losing weight. Like, which obviously when you're on prep, you want to gradually like bring it, bring it down. So yeah, so I've still found myself able to do certain things, just making smart choices, basically. It's like what are the, what are the most important things? So every every day you're kind of nailing like your proper nutrition. You're getting all, all the like right micro uh, micronutrients. Sorry, getting your macros right because you're sticking to a meal plan. You know you're you're getting everything bang on every single day. But in, in that situation, it's like well, the most important thing is calories. So if I can just make the most important thing work for this one situation, that's cool. But in the off season, like I think that's a big thing we were talking about before. It's like. Some people go into their off season, they'll they'll still not have an off plan meal, or they'll have fucking sushi at their wedding. No names intended, but it's like fucking why, why fucking do that to yourself? You're not making yourself any better. Well, I said to uh, James in the gym uh, yesterday or day before. Um, I actually know of a fella, and we're, we remain nameless, but he used to schedule in, and I'm not making this up. This is not like a hearsay story. I heard it directly from the person. He used to schedule in sex with his girlfriend because it was an optimal time to have sex. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so for me, I draw the line there. Card. So yeah, I mean, just when did bodybuilding become so overrun by these dorks? Like, can't we just like have a life and bodybuild? Like, you, they, they can coexist. You know. We we came back to or we said it earlier in the the podcast. It's like. I suppose if you're the top level guy in bodybuilding is paying your bills, then fair enough. Do what you've got to fucking do. But it's not paying my bills anyway. Bodybuilding's not paying my fucking bills. So I'm not about to sacrifice absolutely everything in my life just to be, you know, slightly better. Especially like naturally. Like for us natural guys, it's like you're probably fucking wasting your time if you're if you're just eating nothing but chicken and rice in the off season. I'm not saying don't eat it, but like if that's all you eat and you don't go for an off plan meal, well, what the fuck are you doing that for? Why? <laughs> I, I, I guess what it comes down to, though, is, do you know what? Everyone is, everyone takes joy from different things. So saying a blanket statement, you know, burger and chips is what you need to have to have fun. You know, there might be a guy out there who genuinely just enjoys following a plan. And to him, that's the most fun he can have. So yeah. I guess there are certain instances when, okay, cool. If following a plan really brings you joy, then go for it. But. I enjoy the, the discipline of following the plan, but I fucking also enjoy a burger and chips. 
Oh, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more, mate. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> guys, I'm going to have to shoot off because I've got another call here. So, um, thanks for your time, Ryan. I'll let you guys obviously continue on. And um, cheers, mate. cheers for coming on. Cheers, man. Good to be here. Um, so let's go into what we was talking about before we got on the podcast. Was yes. what you've been through yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, oh god, so about three, about probably four years ago, I started to notice lumps under my nipples. Um, based on what cycle I was using, and I was not being careful enough with um, managing estrogen. And in a nutshell, that's developed more and more and more, and it got to a point where I was like, do you know what, I need to book it in. So I finally booked in surgery to have my gynecomastia removed. So I had it done yesterday, and now I've got this marvellous piece on. Show you. It's actually uh, pretty fucking sore, to be fair. How long was the surgery? Uh, um, 45 minutes 45 minutes that's pretty fast that was your weight for it or did they not your like like partially numb it or yeah so uh local anesthetic and they just they laid me down and they put a uh, like a a sheet here so i couldn't see anything happening i could just feel it james it was such a fucking bizarre experience um oh god so i went there thinking it was going to be quite mild so I wasn't really, I wasn't nervous, I wasn't anything. I was like, no, whatever. Um, little did I know what was about to happen. So they numbed me with the anesthetic and then they went in with, you know, I don't even know what the fuck they did, but all I can tell you is what it felt like, right? So it's like they got like a thin tube, you know, like liposuction? Yeah. They did that, but they also was like um, flushing anesthetic all over my pec. So they were literally shoving this, rod in under my skin up here and they were they were they were not fucking gentle either so he was literally going like this oh. and it was and i could feel it near my collarbone i could feel it like mate it was absolute it was i would honestly argue it was the most uncomfortable i've ever been in my life i've like chopped the end of my finger off squatting i've broken bones i've fucking done all sorts of shit this was the most uncomfortable i've ever been it was bizarre it was just so, like yeah. a lot of pressure when they was doing it really hard to even describe it it's like a unique experience um not in a good way i was just very tense because i was like what the fuck because in my mind they were just going to cut a gland out but they were just shoveling this thing up there so what they're doing is they're flushing anesthetic all over the the pec and the liposuction when you have more body fat the liposuction is less painful but i'm fairly lean so they only pulled out like 50 mil of fat like barely any fat. So they're literally just doing it against my muscle. Oh. Yeah, it was fucking grim. And do you know what? Have you ever had a local anesthetic? Uh, maybe like the teeth and shit like that. But other than that, nothing nothing other than that. That's a good one. So you know what that feels like. So it's like you can feel it, but you can't feel it, right? Yeah. It's just you know like something's like, happening. Yeah. 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 So I could feel them like shoveling around and I could hear like almost the sound of like flesh being the best way I can describe it. Imagine like you've got like a, a grisly piece of pork or something and you've, and you've got like a serrated knife. Like that sound. Oh, mate, it was... And what they told me afterwards, they said, what we've done is we've separated the... So your skin, your uh, and then you've got like body fat and then muscle. So now everything is normally like linked together. Everything on you is now separated because we've literally created a cavity. Oh, with the anaesthetic that they've been flushing. With the anaesthetic thing, with the thing that they were shoving up there, they basically separated it all and created a cavity. Bro, it's uh, it's quite an experience. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But that being said, it's now, I feel okay. And I'm really, really glad I had it done. It was just, yeah. So at least like the recovery time is not even that long than what you think it would be for something like that. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as they tell you a time, you immediately think less anyway. <laughs> they said three weeks no gym. I was like, mm. a week, <laughs> one and a half, two. Then, yeah. <laughs> um, I surprised myself today, so uh, I was in a lot of pain last night. But then today, I'm okay. I'm okay, and I'm able to sort of like move my arms a little bit. I can't really go above there though. But yeah, I can help just because of how like swollen everything is around yeah. there. Yeah, it feels like it would tear. It honestly feels like it would tear if I went higher. Uh, so yeah. Would you, uh, if it happened again, not saying it would do, I hope it doesn't, or it, it can't now anyway, the, the, the gland's gone or? 
Yeah, the grounds are gone. So technically speaking, no. But if you're a complete dickhead with like dosages again, then maybe it will come back in so growing if, tissue. So if it did, would you have it done again? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't want to go through that again. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough question. <laughs> it was so horrible, James. It was so fucking horrible. Um, yeah, I, I think I would because do you know what? As much as it was bad, it only lasted forty-five minutes. Yeah, and the way that I feel now is I feel good because good. I know that like good things are coming. You know, so a small sacrifice for yeah. I was talking to someone who had a hair transplant and they come into the gym. Um, I think it was like about two, three weeks after they've had it done. They had to wait that long. And they was there for about nine hours getting it done. And he says, oh, it was the most painful thing in his life. That when wow. they first started, when the number they said said that was okay, but they started like pulling the hairs out of where there was going to like the donor site or something. And he said, I can still feel it. It's really, really hurting. So that's go back in and then put a stronger anesthetic in it. And then yeah, he said it was the most painful thing he's ever experienced. So it's... Well well, I wasn't even going to say it, but fuck it. Uh, I actually, I've had a hair transplant as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I had it like, uh, when did I have it? I had it in 2017. Wow. So I, the funny thing is, my hair looks the same now as it did then. So it didn't really take that well for me. Um, so I had some implanted hair and stuff and hair and at the top. But honestly, it didn't take very well. So actually, I know what that feels like as well. Um, this was way worse. Really? For me. For me. Well, maybe he had a bad experience, but for me, that was nothing compared to that. Yeah, because I've heard like a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they've had hair transplants, and they said, "Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I'll go back." And some of them have gone back like three times, get a yeah. rip done, got the beard done, so it's not that bad. But he's deep. for him, it was the worst <laughs> experience ever. But maybe he had like someone who'd never done it before, so I don't know, you know, like an experienced person. But yeah, do you know what? That was so mad because yeah so they they give you loads of mini anesthetics all across here and then in the back of your head because that's where the hair comes from uh that was bad ish but what was really bad was where they were like taking hairs out then putting it back in at that point because it was probably about six hours for me five or six uh the anesthetic started to wear off and instead of saying to them like can i have some more anesthetic because i feel like it would have taken longer i just wanted to get it done so the anesthetic was wearing off and and I could literally feel them doing it. That was pretty shit. Oh. But I knew that if I'd like interrupted them, it would have just been longer. And I just wanted to get out of there. Did you have it done over here or Turkey? Turkey. Turkey, yeah. All my yeah. friends. It's a lot cheaper, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what it is now. I mean, everyone's getting it done now, but yeah, it was like two and a half grand when I had it done. I think yeah, I think they paid something like that. They went to Hair of Istanbul. I think it's called something like that. There's loads of them though, isn't there? Yeah, so many, so many. Would you ever have anything done? Um, maybe my hair, but I'm hiding it all right at the moment. I sort of grew my fringe out a little bit on top, and it's Good. it looks a bit fuller and thicker. But ever since I started taking growth hormone, it's sort of <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit. So that's um, that's have, have you have you got like the the widow's peak? You know, like the bit. Yeah, it's like it's not too bad. Like, no, I think get away with it. That's all right. That's all right. But yeah, it's um, it's there on top a bit, but it's not too bad. It's been like that since I've been about. 15, 16, so it's, it's oh, okay, quietly. yeah. It's this bit though, isn't it, as you say? Yeah, yeah, so I just need to have it comb back over, but it's, it's just, it's got to a state where it's not getting any worse, but it could be better, if you get me, but I'm yeah, yeah. at the moment, but if it gets any worse, then I'm definitely booking a flight to Turkey. Hey, do you know what helps? Because uh, I had blonde hair last year, I dyed it blonde. When you've got blonde hair, you get away with it more? Oh yeah, 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 it's yeah because yeah, cause it's sort of almost the same colour as your skin, right? So when I had blonde hair, I could get away with it. I used to uh, slick it back and it was fine. If I slick it back now, you'll see loads of like patches and shit. Can't do it, man. Can't do it. I, uh, my mate's had, um, he had, he's the guy with the free transplants that he's had. He's had beard done and everything, but he, he shaved his head off. Uh, yeah, it was like this time last year. He's had it all like tattooed, his head, and then his hair's grown back through and it looks even better. But it's not like he's had the where they're just like colored in his head where it's been black, you know, just to like tattoo his hair on. He's had that an actual full tattoo piece on his um, on his head, like some patterns and shit, and his hair's grown through, and it actually looks really, really cool. Oh, so now it looks like way thicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. So yeah, I, I've I've been thinking about having that done as well. So it's like a uh, microblading. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, microblading over the over the scalp and stuff. But he had an actual tattoo. An actual tattoo. It looks. Yeah. Like he's literally full of tattoos. The only thing that is, yeah. Yeah, even his face. He's just literally full of fucking tattoos. And he wants to get on stage, I think, um, which is going to be interesting. 
Ah, question, question. So obviously you've got, can you show me this arm, the one with the tattoo? Yeah. Do Wait. you find that one struggles to get the same condition as the other one? I don't know, just because of how dark it is. Say if I'm like posing in the pose room, I can't see the definition in the arm because of how like dark some of the stuff is. Um, wow. so I don't, maybe because of that, that might be a reason, but it might be as conditioned as the other one, but I can't see the condition on it. Yeah, yeah. We, we, me and Amy have been going through this. We, we see a bit of a trend appearing. Like, so recently I had a client step on stage and he was, his upper body was super conditioned. Um, one quad was very conditioned and then he had a sleeve on his leg and he couldn't squeeze it properly. He couldn't get the detail to come out on that leg. But where it was covered by a tattoo, he kind of got away with it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then, then we, we sort of like thought, oh, is that a thing? So we started looking at other guys and it seems to be that it like blurs detail. Yeah, maybe. Know, know, because it's sort of like a trauma, isn't it? So they've had trauma to that site. So they might have information or they find it hard to contract a different around it because they've been continuously injected with shit on their arm. So exactly. it, it might be something to do with that or maybe just because you can't actually see the condition, it covers it up a little bit more. And yeah, yeah. Use dream time, if not. But uh, Yeah, yeah, just go darker. <laughs> I used that when I uh, when I last competed in 2018 and um, I only used it because someone told me to use it. I was like, oh, you look amazing. I didn't realise how fucking dark it was and how thick it was. And uh, I went, I had a shower and I literally ruined the shower and <laughs> staying in the wall. I had to get a new shower curtain and everything, but I'm never fucking using that tan again. Oh, man, it's funny. It's, I, lo I love it. I love dream tan. I it's love it. Like, but if you didn't know what to expect and then you had that, oh my God, it's so thick, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, it's yeah. creamy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like fake tan. So when you think of fake tan, you think of like a spray or something you dab on or whatever, but it's literally like, it's like paint. Yeah, yeah. It's like fucking paint, isn't it? It's literally like painting your body. But I, I, won, I won the universe with, with that. So, and I won like the over, every overall I've ever won is with Dream Tan. So, oh, bit, of a, bit of a lucky charm, you know? Well, every show I've won, I've had Dream Tan. Ah. <laughs> there you go, see? Same. So, it's got to work. But it's just, yeah, I didn't expect how dark it was because comparing the pictures of where it was like the year before to that. And um, oh, just same condition. I just had a bit more size. And I was looking, thinking, fucking hell, like totally a different person just because of the yeah, actual tan. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's something in that as well. Like, every time I've ever used the tan that comes with the show, I've not done well. I don't know what it is. Like, Different tan affects everyone's skin differently, like the pigmentation in your skin. Well, we, we sort of spoke about it, didn't we? Yeah. You had the conversation with? I don't know if it was, but anyway, yeah, like however dark your skin is, like naturally the pigments in your skin, you take differently to different tan. So like how it affects you and I might be different because of what, because of the pigmentation in our skin, whereas dream tan kind of gets everyone the same because it's like fucking paint. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Well, I don't know, man. Yeah, um, I think I don't think I'm going to use that this year. I just like I like the pro tan, so I do like two um, coats of that, and then I use like the show day tan by them or whatever. And do you, do you use this one? We've got some of it here. Is it this? What's that? Uh... Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you put this one on uh, the night before. And yeah, then yeah. you use and, and then what do you do on the show day? That's the um that's the base, isn't it? It's the base one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. And then they use the show show day tan, it's called. The one the one oh so you buy it yourself or you, you get them to do it? No, I'll buy it. I've, I've never had the okay. time to find someone, so I always like I use that the night before. Uh but I know I use that the night before and I use it on the morning when I wake up as well, just to like patch it up and then I get like about an hour or two before getting on the stage, I'll put on the actual show day tan. Hmm. I, don't, I actually don't know what that one looks like. I've never put that one on. It's not I've that dark. Say again. Not that dark. It's not like it's. It's probably half half as less dark as the um, the, the dream time. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. But you're you're more fair skinned than me, so it's gonna. Oh yeah, that might work better on you. Yeah, I was uh, I was really really pale as well when I got on stage the last two times. You were. Yeah, so we're going Mexico. That sort of helped a little bit, and yeah, 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 yeah. so it's, uh, I need to keep it up. But I'll, uh, it'd be interesting to see what it's like when I put the tan on. Like this time, we're being a little bit more tan than it was back then. So it might, like you said, it might take a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. 
Are you going to be keeping up, like, like doing sunbeds then and stuff like that all the way? Probably like once a week, nothing mega. Six minutes. I'm taking Tanner's button every day, um, three times a week, so like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I didn't want to like smash them too much, but they definitely work. Fucking hell, I was literally like Casper before taking those. Yeah, well, I'm trying to. I feel like that's what I noticed about you. I thought that you had um something on when I well, I saw you maybe like a month ago, but you've just been on holiday. But yeah. you look different. Like your nationality, like. It's changed or some shit. I swear to God, Mexican. <laughs> yeah, you literally do. You look like Puerto Rican. I don't know some shit, but it, it definitely I can see a difference in you already for sure. But yeah, it's um, it, it's always better with a tan. I felt better, and it's it doesn't last that long though, does it? When you come off holiday? No, 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 no definitely not. But I got especially in a... if you peel as well. If you peel, it just comes straight off with that. Yeah, so I was all right for a couple of weeks, and then I got in the shower. Then I was I was starting to peel like two weeks after getting like, coming back from holiday. I thought, what the fuck? So I started exfoliating. I thought, whoa, I'm fucking gone. No, I was like, what happened? It was like that's proper tan. It's not even a fucking fake tan. Yeah, yeah, it fades so quick, mate. It fades so quick. The thing is with me is that I catch the sun very very easily. So I went to a fest. I download. I went to download festival, and we were in the sun for like, five hours, and I really caught the sun, but I started to peel. So I catch it really easy, but then I peel really easy as well. So it's almost like I get it, great, and then it goes. Like yeah. literally, even today, I've been like doing this, and it's like coming off. So, so annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's annoying. I was down the light then. Yeah, good, good. It... There, there's certain things that I wouldn't do. So we're we're in a big group, and we're all stood too far from the artists. So we're watching bands, but they're about half a mile away. Like, I'm not even kidding. It's like. Uh, maybe not half a mile, but they're fucking far away and it, and it loses some of its impact, you know? So it was good. And then, but I watched a band called Hatebreed and they were in a, a tent, a really fucking big tent, mind you, but uh, they were in a tent and it, where it was like closed in, it just felt really, really good. Yeah, But, but the then sound- Parkway Drive, Metallica was just, it just felt like it lost power. Yeah. It's, when it's in the open air, isn't it? And it's something like that big and that big of a stage as well. It's probably like one of the biggest stages in the UK, that, isn't it? Oh man, I, I've I've not I've not actually been to a festival before. It's the first time. It's fucking ginormous, but I was a little bit disappointed in the sound. But I didn't want to say it out loud because they're all like loving it, and I didn't yeah. really want to ruin the the moment. But like in my head, I was like, like compared to the CD, it doesn't sound anything close to that because it was just yeah, it, it's so different from like being inside at a venue to being like yes. up there. It's yes. totally different. I mean, when um I've been to Leeds a couple of times as well. Like the stage there, it's like massive, but downloads just fucking huge like compared to that yeah. but it's, uh, I'd never go Leeds Fest again now just, why? just off the lineups like what they've come out oh, of it. Yeah. It, it, Leeds Festival is like my favourite festival that I've been to Um, I enjoyed it more than download I think it's just because of the people who I went with or whatever so I've been there like four times I've been download I've only been once and that was like ten years ago so it's just gone so like mainstream they're like indie fucking rap um drill all this sort of sh- mainstream shit it's like what's happened to it? it was a rock like metal festival it was wasn't it i remember red reading especially was like known for that like yeah it really really was um and that that's the thing with me like where, where my music taste is so particular it's really hard for me to be enthusiastic about going to a festival like that yeah. it's like amy she's like oh i should go to this one because it's nice it's social but when the lineup is that shit i just can't i can't justify spending that money on like that yeah, you can't you know get, what I mean? Yeah, you can't get into the music, can you? you just stood there like, oh, what the fuck's this? Hundred percent. But then, do you not find though? What, so, what's your opinion on this? You know, like metal and like heavy music when it's played live, is it not just a bit noisy? Sometimes, sometimes it's hard to distinguish what's what. Yeah, well, I um, to be fair, yeah. And then when we went into a club the other week, uh, me and Beck, she didn't really. She knew the songs, but she didn't really. She couldn't sing to them because she couldn't really get them yeah. or hear them properly because of how loud they were and yeah you guess so it gets a bit distorted 100% I, I love I exclusively like heavy music like I don't really like anyone else but like oh man when it's live sometimes it's a bit like you're just like trying to listen what even is this I don't even fucking know and I love it so if you don't love metal music and then you go to that oh my god it must be like the shittest thing ever if the bass is off though like it's just not like you said it's just noise isn't it you can feel yeah. it just a rumble. Yeah, you can't make out any of the riffs, really. If the bass is too heavy, then you can't hear the guitars. Yeah. If the bass isn't heavy enough, it just sounds weak. So it's just like... 
Sometimes I don't think that kind of music translates as well. It, On CD, it sounds crisp, but then live, it sounds. Mm. It, yeah, it depends again what, what's the venue like and all that sort. Yeah. yeah, well, when it's indoors, it sounds more powerful, but it's just like noisy. Yeah, and then, like I said, in that open air download, it just it, it definitely lost some power. I think I might have showed you on my phone one of the videos that yeah, I had. I think so. What was it? I can't remember what band you showed me. Uh, Parkway. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it was the crowd participation was amazing, and it, and it was good, but it just hasn't got that fucking that kick in the teeth that you want, you know? Yeah, it looked so many people there though. It looked crazy. Hundred thousand people apparently. Fucking hell! Oh my god, there were people stuck in traffic for like nine hours trying to get in. Shit, I heard it was bad, like the traffic. And oh that. yeah, it was all over the news. It was really like really bad, really bad. People like like trying to go to the airport near there. Lost their holidays and all sorts of shit. Like it was like shit. Oh wow! Yeah, imagine that. Imagine you're going on holiday and you can't even get there because of some dickhead festival. You'd be fuming. You'd be fuming. You'd be fuming. Where, where is Donington? Is it like Midlands? Um, Derby. Derby, yeah. Derby, yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I couldn't believe how badly organised it was. And then when you do get there, you've got to walk about forty minutes. Oh, it's a mooch, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a trek, mate. It's a trek. Like the when I went download, we camped, so we went on the Wednesday and we came back on the Monday. So it's a fucking yeah. like long time. And we was at the other side of like the racetrack, so it's a fucking oh, yeah. walk over. So it took us about forty five minutes to get to the main stage every day, and you couldn't like just walk back to your tent and then chill out and then go back again because there was too much yeah. walking around. Yeah, that's a, a few of the lads went back to their tent and they're like, we'd be back in a bit. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And they never come back because it's just too far. Yeah. By the time you've done that, had a little chill. You might even have a nap or something. And then you're like, don't be fucked. You know? is, um, camping as well, it's just fucking carnage. Absolute fucking. You get like two hours sleep and you just wake up drinking. this fucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's mad. Some, uh, some girl shot in my mate's tent and it was. <laughs> shutting a. Yeah, so fucking, uh, he went to go in his tent, and there's a there was a shit there, and someone was like, "Oh, it's that girl over there." She just fucking ran off, and uh, yeah, that's what kind of shit that happens. Oh my god, <laughs> and it's a girl that did it, not even a guy. Fucking yeah. hell, that yeah, is rough. Fucking brutal, I know. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to a festival uh, or camping at a festival again. I don't think anyway. I just can't hack it. I was all right when it was like 18, 19, but now fuck that. 100%, mate, 100%. Like, yeah, the, the, your desire to do that sort of shit as you get older, it's just like... Yeah. No, 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 no. It's bad. But um, anyway, dude, do you want to wrap that up? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, mate. Appreciate it for having you on. Been a pleasure, been a pleasure mate. Thank you very much. Cool. Nice one, man. I'll see you in the gym, buddy, all right? Yeah, 100%. See you, Catch you later.